0: This morning we're uh, continuing our series, Following Jesus, His Life and Teaching, and you're going to be receiving two handouts this morning, so please take one of each sheet. One's the full eight and a half and eleven, which will be the passage that we'll be looking at next Sunday. And then additionally, you're going to be receiving a half sheet, and we're going to need pens to go with those. And I'm going to uh, provide us um, an opportunity to interact with the material ourselves in a personal reflection. Um, I know that all of us here would agree that the the Bible is the foundation of truth and that in it are resources that help us to, to know God and to know how to live. The Apostle Paul says this about God's Word, the Scriptures, All Scripture is God-breathed by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us how to live God's way. Yet many of us spend little to no time in God's Word on a regular basis. And my encouragement to us is that perhaps as we approach a new year, a time when we often consider resolutions uh, related to how we're living, may I encourage us to consider a resolution to spend time in God's Word each week. I think frequently we have this thought, well, yeah, I I know what it says. Um, But I think you would agree that there is more here than simple stories and more that God would want to teach us and reflect on us. So one way that you could do that is to use the handouts that we will continue to be providing to you each week as a way to connect with God's Word during the week in advance of that teaching coming the following Sunday. You could use the passage, you could use the questions uh, to help you to reflect and specifically to say, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to me through this passage? What are you saying to me for my life today? So to give us another opportunity to practice using this tool, uh, I've handed out the half sheets, and am going to invite you to take a few minutes to consider the passage, uh, to read the instructions, uh, read the questions, the co- the uh, questions, and time for reflection. And after. I give that time for us individually to do that. I'm going to invite you to actually turn to one other person and share with them. What was it that um, stood out to you from the narrative that we will have this morning? Uh, what was way that perhaps you saw how, what it might look like for us to live the kind of life Jesus is inviting us to? So I'm going to read the passage one time through and you can kind of just read along, not out loud, but just kind of consider for a general storyline. And then I would encourage you to, again, following that, read the passage again, highlight, circle, pray, invite God. God, what do you want to show me today? So we're just going to give an opportunity to practice this uh, way to learn to hear from God in his scriptures. From Matthew's account. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did, as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and they named him Jesus. So if you would, take a moment Read the passage, ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what are you highlighting for me today? You can circle those words, you can highlight them. And then answering the questions, why did that stand out? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? And then secondly, what is there something from this passage that helps us to understand the kind of life Jesus is inviting us to? So go ahead, take some time to do that now if you would. So go ahead. Go ahead. If you would turn to a person next to you um, and share with them what was it that stood out to you, what words, and then what, uh, how was that meaningful to you? And how is God inviting you to be involved in the life that Jesus is calling us to? Okay. I hope that that was meaningful for you. It was for me. Last night when I was done with my sermon, I said as I was going to bed, I said, Holy Spirit, now tomorrow morning when we do this, I want to see something new. <laughs> and it did. It was cool. But it's not in my sermon, so you won't know what it was. But that's okay. So um, before I stare, there is, I, I want to show the, the very, very brief video clip uh, that shows a possible imaginative way that this passage might have been experienced from the nativity. Joseph, fear not, for that which is conceived in... Let's pray. What an incredible story, God, of your love for us, of your coming among us, your showing yourself. Thank you for uh, these lives that are examples to us, that invite us to know you more. And to live our lives beyond what we can do on our own. To live a life that is connected with you. Empowered by you. Led by you. Would you speak to us now? Continue helping us to understand the story and and how it is meaningful for us. In Jesus' name, let it be so in my own consideration of this story <clears throat> i got in touch with what a crisis that this would have been for joseph and you know we know the rest of the story and it's i think easy to miss how horrible this would have been for both mary and joseph and their families and the village small village boy betrothed to small village girl. This was an era when people did not sleep around as they do now. These were proper people, passionate about the law and keeping it. Uh, Joseph would have been shocked, disturbed to have heard Mary's confession or to have learned of it in some other way that she was pregnant. And then to have heard a story about a, a visitation of an angel, really? What rational man would believe such a story? I mean, God did visit people, but those were, you know, those were the people in the past, Abraham and Isaac. And... I suspect Joseph wrestled with this for some time. Some commentators suggest he was still wrestling with it on the trip to Bethlehem. Mary leaves to visit her aunt in a distant part of Israel. She's gone for at least three months. Did she say goodbye? Did she just skadoodle? Why did she leave so quickly? And when she comes back, she's three months pregnant. What thoughts might Joseph have? Why? What? What? Who could she have been with? Who who was the father? He knew it wasn't him. Was it someone in the village? Can you imagine walking around the village every day looking at the other men and wondering who had been with Mary? The torment? The terror of what is he going to do? Maybe she had simply met someone in the other village and now had returned home because there maybe they would have stoned her. Joseph was a righteous man, the scripture tells us. And though or because he was righteous, he was unwilling to enforce the law of stoning upon Mary. He was going to be merciful. It's the best he could do on his own. After much time and agony, distress, anguish, anxiety, he cries out to God, God, how could you have let this happen? I clearly heard you to take Mary as my wife. How could you have done this to me? All my life I've honored you. I've kept your law. I have been religiously pure. I have always made you first in my life. And now this? This is how you reward my obedience to you and your law? And he had a dream. Yep, a dream. Like the weird dream I had last night that I have a lot of nights. He went to bed in turmoil again, and he has this bizarre dream. But it was just a dream. Dreams are just struggles of our subconscious to make sense of our, out of our struggles and our difficulties, right? That's what they teach us. A dream. Couldn't mean anything. Bah! Humbug! Well, no, not quite. Let's look at the angel's words to Joseph. Joseph, son of David. Do not be afraid. To take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son. And you're to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. One of the mornings this week as I was considering the passage, the words that were highlighted that stood out to me were the words, do not be afraid. And the question that came to my mind was, so, so what was Jesus afraid of? And the first thing that popped into my hand, head, into my mind was of course the big, bad, terrible angel. With the great like, Oh, wait, no, it's another story. The next thing was the fear of Mary's unfaithfulness to him and the anxiety and the distress that that would have caused. What are some of the things you might think of? What are some other things that Joseph might have been afraid of? How the rest of the community was going to relate to this? Yeah. How is he going to relate to the son, the child? How would he relate to the child? Even after he found out that this was, I mean, the son of God, all of a sudden you're going to be father to You know, the Lord became life and tabernacle amongst us. I mean, it's good. Any other thoughts? Joseph, don't be afraid. A couple weeks ago, I listened to an author talking about the nature of fear. As human beings, we have a pretty strong desire for security. Anybody here like being secure? Security is kind of cool. When we're not secure, it's not very cool. And the best way that we know to be secure is to be in control and in charge, at least when it comes to our own lives, right? But the trouble is our world and our lives are not fully under our control, and things we cannot control cause us fear and anxiety. And thinking back to Joseph, his, his world had just been turned upside down. Everything he had hoped and dreamed for was shattered. The woman he loved and had dreamed and planned to marry, had slept with another man, was pregnant by him. Mary had been unfaithful, broken their vow of commitment that they had made publicly. Betrothal included that commitment to honor to purity. What was going to happen? If he confronted Mary publicly, she could be stoned and he would have to throw the first stone. If he married her, how could he trust her? Would he be plagued with constantly wondering who she had given herself to? If he put her away quietly divorcing her, no man would ever marry her. What would happen to her and her child after her parents died? Joseph was caught in the grip of fear, anxiety, depression, grief, ruled his life. God had abandoned him. He was lost and alone. You see, we don't know the end of the story when we're in the midst of our own trials and difficulties, do we? We know that God is a good and loving God, but we're in the midst of hell on earth, as we sometimes are, He doesn't feel all that close. He doesn't seem to care. And yet, Jesus said, I'll be with you always. Then Joseph fell into a troubled sleep in which he dreamed that an angel of God appeared and spoke to him. And when Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took Mary as his wife but had no marital relationships with her until she had borne a son and he named him Jesus. You know, there's no account per se there of Joseph having a response like Mary's. Mary's statement to the angel was, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Joseph's response is just as clearly an act of faith and obedience as Mary's was. And I suspect his problems were not miraculously solved by acting according to faith. Faith in God's words spoken to him by an angel in a dream. In fact, they may have increased. It was a small village. Everyone knew everyone. Everyone knew one another's business. People can count the number of months from when Mary and Joseph got married to when the baby was born. People judge. People talk. And when people judge and talk, they're mean, gossip, and slander. It's possible that Mary and Joseph were outcasts from that day forward. They may have been accused of premarital sex, but the whole way they did that in those days, there was space for weird things, but that wasn't the case. But God acted. God spoke to Joseph through an angel. And though Joseph had no idea how it was going to turn out, he had no understanding of how this was going to work, how in the world was he going to relate to this child who would save their people from their sins. But he acted in faith. He obeyed. He took Mary as his wife. And what was the outcome of Joseph's action of faith? His obedience, along with God acting with him. Well, you know the rest of the story. Here again, is, in the, as in the story of Mary, there is this interaction and union of grace and faith. Just as Mary's words were words of agreement, I am the Lord's servant, amen, let it be so. So Joseph's action, his obedience, were statements of agreement with God. And in a way, he too said, I am the Lord's servant, amen, let it be so. You know, Joseph, after all, was not much different than any of us, he faced difficulty. Crisis, fear, anxiety. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know where to turn. He had no idea where his help would come from. But God met him in his despair, in his crisis, his fear, his anxiety. And in Joseph's hopelessness and confusion, God gave him an invitation, an opportunity to act with him. May I suggest that in our troubles, in our trials, in those circumstances where we're at our wit's end, the end of our rope, That it's likely that God wants to come. That he is standing by to help. That he is even extending to you an invitation to trust him. Putting Mary away quietly was the best that Joseph could do on his own. He couldn't do the invitation that God made to him to take Mary as his wife on his own. He needed the empowering presence of God to make that choice. I say to you and to myself, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, in joy or in sorrow, that there is an invitation from God who is standing ready to enter in. But you have to respond to His invitation. Grace, I said a couple weeks ago, is God acting in our life. Faith is our acting to let go of fear, not play acting, but a step of faith. Faith is our taking action to let go of fear and the need to be in control. Faith is our response acting according to what God has said. Faith is our agreement, our acting with God in what He is doing in the circumstance. And I said last week, and I will suggest again, if by faith we are thoughtful, attentive, looking for God, we will see God's activity in and around us. We will experience Him with us. But we have to step back from the controls. If in our circumstances of life, we just decide how we're going to fix it without turning and asking God, what do you have for me in this situation? What would you have me do? What is your invitation to me in this circumstance? But if we will, and if we will practice being thoughtful, attentive, and looking for God, we will grow in seeing and recognizing God's activity. We will experience God with us. So we have heard last week and this week the story of grace and faith. Mary and Joseph, but the story of grace and faith continues. We're all invited into the story. Behold, the virgin conceived and gave birth to a son. And his name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. My invitation to you right now as your eyes are closed and you consider the story. What's happening in your own life right now? Are there any places of fear, anxiety? Is there an opportunity to know God, for God to be with you in this circumstance? Are you just having a challenge physically or relationship and you just don't know what to do? Is there an invitation from God? As you imagine that circumstance, that situation, would you be willing to ask God, God, what do you want to tell me about it? What would you like to say to me? And by faith, To listen to his answer, Emmanuel, God with us. Might you know his presence? Might you hear his voice? Might you walk in his ways. Might you experience eternal life now. Go in the power of the Holy Spirit. And in all you do, give glory to God in whom you live and move and have your very being. Grace and peace, let it be so. Any of you would like to have someone pray with you? We love doing that here in our church. We believe God shows up to speak, to give wisdom, to heal. And we would love an opportunity if you have come this morning and circumstance in your life, you'd like someone to come alongside you, come and to pray with you, we would love to do that. Otherwise, have a great week. Have a with God week, and we'll talk to you next Sunday. Blessings.